here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm John Abraham, joined by David McDonald. Damon, word on the street is that you've been cheating on me with another New Japan podcast. Oh, no. Uh, what? <laughs> I, uh, I cannot uh, confirm those rumors. Uh, I'm a one-man uh, show here. This is a, not a one-man show. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm dedicated to you. Who am I going with? What's this? What's going on? Well, our mutual friend, WH Park, says oh. that you've been, you've been doing a little something on the side with him. Well... <laughs> Yes, that is correct. I, I will I will admit, John, I'm, I'm very sorry. Uh, yeah, it, it's his Cruel Summer, uh, his G1 history podcast, which is a really cool uh, idea. And I did it. You know, I completely forgot I did it. And because it was a while ago that we recorded it. And then he's like, I just want to let you know that your, your show's going up. And I think Mavs is uh, show four right after me. So, yes, I can confirm that, unfortunately, uh, I have been unfaithful to you and the Jcast listeners, And uh, but it was fun, uh, all kidding aside. It was a really good show. Uh, we talk a lot about music. i, I got to be honest with you. So if you don't like... If you don't like music talk, if you don't like music Damon talk, yeah, might want to skip. But um, it's fun. I think, I think we did a really good job, and we talked about... Uh, uh, Ricky Choshu against Tatsumi Fujinami from G1. So um, it's awesome. So give it a listen. And that episode, I believe, is going to be up on Saturday. So if you head over to the post-wrestling podcast feeds, you can listen to the dulcet tones of Damon McDonald in your ears yet again. So let's crack on with this, Damon. Let's do a whistle-stop tour across the globe to look at New Japan's adventures abroad, starting off in Dallas, where we've got Tomohiro Ishii, Jeff Cobb, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, Lance Archer, all who've been announced for the G1 show in Dallas. Doesn't say whom they'll be facing or even if they're going to be in the G1 itself. So from that list of names, Damon, how much can we read into this? Um, I would, again, from what we understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, Joel, we... Uh, one block, right? So we're getting either an A block or a B block, whatever that looks like, and then um, you know, undercard matches. So, I look. I would think right now, uh, you would want to put an Ishii in that spot you, in, in a G one match, uh, singles match. I would think Lance Archer would be one of those people, um, and I would think with everything that has gone down in the past couple weeks that you'd want to have uh, John Moxley uh, in that mix because I think that's a, a nice, meaty, sexy name for a casual U.S. audience, uh, someone who they're, they're familiar with and uh, 
has, has quite a buzz right now. To kind of stick him in there it would be nice. Now, I know that he has two different deals, right? I know he has that New Japan deal and that AEW deal, which are separate. Right? They're not one and the same, so they are separate. So, uh, And I would assume that AEW would uh, take uh, precedent, but it is my understanding uh, and our understanding, Joel, correct me if I'm wrong again, that, uh, and again, nothing has been 100% confirmed with us, but it, I would think that Moxley would be in, correct? Uh, yes, I'm on, well, it started off as an island, Moxley in the G1 island, but a lot of people have come to join me on that. So I expect him to be there. Uh, so you think Lance Archer obviously been doing a lot of good work helping to promote the event and shift tickets. Do you think they put him in the G1 Climax tournament itself or do you think he's just going to have a little showcase match as a pat on the back for all the good work that he's done? I hope it's I hope it's more than that. He deserves And again, I hate saying deserves because nobody deserves anything. Uh, but he he's a one-man show down there, right? He is a one-man show down there and you know, if he, I I would hope, and 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 here's the thing too, he's doing all this, and he's hustling, and he's helping the company, and he's helping his own cause, but he's a talented dude who could play that big man role, that monster role, that uh, kind of you know, uh, what do we call it with the uh, with Bandito, the equalizer, right, to kind of level playing fields out. He's not going to win the fucking thing, that's for sure. But he's a, he's one of those guys that you know makes sense that if you take a fall from from him, it's you know it's meaningful. Um, so no, I think I would I would want him in G one and he would be a valuable asset in G one. So um, fingers crossed for him. Uh, I think the biggest challenge is is me getting to Dallas at this point. I have no idea. I haven't booked shit. I don't have any money. Uh, to so I don't know. I mean, right now I have a ticket. That's that's all I got right now. I don't have a room. I don't have a flight. I'm actually considering driving, and that's that's like a all, an entire day's worth of driving, Joel. So I don't know. It's up in the air right now. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I can't take out another credit card. <laughs> can't do it. Buy T-shirts. Come on. <laughs> that that's Do we need a new T-shirt design? Get Damon to Dallas. Yeah, I mean, something. I don't know, but yeah. And here's the thing, too. Any extra money that I have is kind of going toward Tokyo because, um, you know, I got to pay for two now, right? So it's like, uh, okay, everything, you know. And here's the thing, too, with that. Everybody I know is booking, and it's like, uh, I'm kind of getting stressed out over it because I, I haven't booked yet. Uh, but everybody I know is like I would see yeah, like a text, yeah, and even people that like their first time. It's like, oh my god, this fucking guy's going, and I haven't booked yet. Come on, Christ! Uh, so yes, that that's where we are with Dallas. Uh, right now, it's on. Uh, look, I'm trying my best. I, I want to go in the worst way, but I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see if we'll see if uh, I have a. Uh, Guardian Angel or a uh, a sugar daddy that can help me. <laughs> Not after karaoke gate. <laughs> no. no. Oh, well, I, you know what? That wasn't our fault, though. I mean, we explained that, didn't we? I thought we explained that pretty well. But okay, all right, whatever. All right. Uh, all right, we'll figure it out. I'll be there. Hooker by crook. All right. What else we got, Joel? We got a very busy show. We can't be dicking around with this. Let's fly all the way over to Australia where it's been announced that Southern Showdown in Melbourne will be live on Fight 
and it'll be on New Japan World 72 hours later. Is that a surprise? Um, a little bit. It's not like they haven't done tape-delayed shows before, but I don't know what to, why, 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 why would... Why would fight have to? I don't know. I'd have to. We'd have to ask, right? Because I don't have an answer to that. That makes no sense unless, again, they're making money off a fight in some capacity. Seventy-two hours. Seventy-two hours. That's that's a correct me if I'm wrong, Joel. You're doing a lot of correcting if I'm wrong today. That's like three days, right? Yeah, it's three days. Three days. I, I remember we had to wait a long time for those um, the Rev Pro shows last summer yeah so maybe a similar kind of deal going on here yeah i mean but this is a new japan show isn't it yeah that's the strange thing actually because the rev pro one that was co-branded and i understand rev pro didn't want to sort of cannibalize their own audience they wanted a chance to try and get people to sign up for their own um streaming service so that one was understandable this one uh, a bit strange yeah yeah I'd, I'd need i would need some type of of explanation on that i don't have that um because, yeah, it's a New Japan show. I mean, nobody, how much is, is, is that show on this Fight TV? I got to Fight TV. I got I to get a Fight TV. The fuck up the street. I got I got a network I pay $9.99 for. What do I, what am I, what do I, well, I got, I got, how much, do you have any idea how much this, is, this show is? If it's more than $10, they can get right up the street. Uh, no, I, no. all right. We need to find out. We'll, we'll get some answers. We'll, we'll, oh, I'm I'll... searching for Super Showdown. It's not Super Showdown. That's a WWE one. I'm yeah, Southern you're gonna, Showdown. <laughs> you're going to find a weird show for New Japan. Then. Uh, they're in Saudi Arabia? Uh, oddly enough... Oh, no, never mind. I was going to say something <laughs> terrible <laughs> that would have gotten us in a lot of trouble. <laughs> but uh, so good. So, look at me. I'm self-editing. I'm doing a good job. Um... Yeah, we need answers, and we don't have them right now. But uh, but who in the right like? I've got a Fight TV press release here. Okay, read that off for me, please. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to read the whole press release. (laughs) But basically, they've got exclusive rights for two major wrestling events this summer. So Uh uh, one of them being Southern Showdown and uh, Dominion as well. Oh. They're not gonna. They're not gonna tape the life Dominion, are they? Uh, I, can't I don't know. It. It's boring, Damon. Yeah. <laughs> not reading the fucking press release. All right, yeah. We might have some new listeners. This is not a good podcast. No, no, really. We need more dick jokes. Um, we'll figure it out. We'll 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 ask and and see what the story is with that. Um, I don't know anybody who's going to. They they better put on something really sexy, and I can't imagine them putting on something super sexy for me to plop down extra money to get fight tv to then watch these shows i'm I'm going to be dead honest uh people will be waiting the the three days for sure or they'll they'll find it another way i'm sure so oh well all right we'll we'll figure it out we'll get answers for you all right back on the airplane damon i know you hate flying but strap yourself in for this one we're going all the way over to the uk we're going to cardiff because we had a bit of news that NXT UK TakeOver 2 in Cardiff was announced on August 31st, which is, curiously enough, the very same day that New Japan are having their Royal Quest show in London. So eyebrows were raised. And, David, let's be real here. We are serious investigative journalists. We're like, 
Bernstein and Woodward over here. So we did the work. We called up our UK people. We we followed what was going on. And our UK sources told us that WWE had a spy working in the ticket agency that New Japan were using. And this ticket agency spy had told WWE, hey, these Royal Quest tickets are not selling so well. They've only sold 2,000 of them. So WWE thought, oh, we can cash in on that give New Japan a bit of a kick in while they're down. There's some money on the table. So they came in with their own UK-based wrestling event on the same day, not realising, Damon, that New Japan uses two different ticketing agencies and they'd actually sold over 5,000 tickets, not 2,000. So now WWE have left themselves in a situation where not only are there twice as many wrestling fans already committed to going to a show in London than they thought, but they've also booked this show in Cardiff on the same day as a a huge rugby match, as a World Cup warm-up match between Wales and Ireland. And Wales, they are crazy about their rugby. I believe they've got the second best rugby team in the world. It's right before the World Cup. And anytime there's a rugby match in Cardiff, the whole city just grounds to a halt. Public transport is fucked. Everywhere's full. The hotels are all booked up. They're going to be incredibly expensive. And WWE left with egg on their face. And we had some cheeky follow-up tweets from the New Japan Twitter account. I don't know who's in charge of their social media account, but that person deserves a raise because... They had some funny little uh, comments there about, hmm, we've had an upsell in in tickets recently. I wonder what's going on there. If you uh, can't get yourself a hotel for the big rugby match in Cardiff, why don't you come down to watch Royal Quest? So very interesting situation, Damon. It is. It is. And uh, listen, if we deserve a little victory lap and a little pat on our back and we can be uh, insufferable for a moment. Great job by us, right? Um, We're not going to get that. Yeah, I mean, this one felt. You're not getting this from other podcasts. No, that's what I'm about to say. I mean, just listen, I'm just taking a small. I'm going to carry Joel on my shoulders, and we're going to do a little lap. We're going to do a little lap right now. We Um, need the stinger. We need a victory (laughs) lap stinger, don't we? We sure do. Hit it, Dan. Um, Look, uh, yeah, when we were getting this information, I mean, we were kind of laughing amongst ourselves at just the, the. craziness of how incompetent it seemed uh, a certain company was. And, and they've done it before. They put yeah. the Royal Albert Hall on the same day England had their opening World Cup game. So they clearly yeah. have uh, difficulty uh, reconciling real sports and their sports entertainment. Yeah, they, again, uh, you would think that there would be people that would say, okay, we're looking for this date. What's going on in this city? Anything that we need to be aware of? Or they just don't give a fuck? Or, I, I mean, okay, great. But it just seems like a, just a crazy, like, as we were getting told this, you know, you know, we're getting bits of information, you know, how texts go and shit like that. And it's like, you know, a little bit of information and then follow up text, and then follow up text. And we're like, what? Like, it's just us going, what? The whole entire time. Um, and you're the, but here's the thing, Joel. You're the best because you're like tweetable. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I like, don't want to get anyone in trouble, but right, right. You know, I'm, a, I'm a businessman. If I can spin this into getting some extra eyeballs on our excellent podcast, I'm going to do it. Right, and I appreciate that. You're you're, you're good at that. You're, you you really are good at that. And uh, and here's the thing too, like we and again, this, this will not be part of the victory lap, but but we get lots of information. I would say I would I would put I would put it under the bucket of lots of information and some of the stuff 
you know, we we I think we are mindful of, and I and I will say this: I try to use my sports journalism background because uh, there's plenty of stuff that is told to you by athletes, professional athletes, that they kind of want shit off the record, whether they're hurt in the playoffs, right? Hey, yeah, uh, it looks like you're limping around there, or you see them, you know with their equipment off and they're limping and it's like, hey, how's your ankle? You know, off the record, I'm fucked. But on the record, I'm good, <laughs> you know? Um, that kind of shit. So, you know, there's shit that pe- promotions don't want to be told and, and sh- sh- you know, other, you know, wrestlers saying stuff that they don't want on the record. But, you, you know, so we kind of filter that out. We try to help our listeners, right? Because at the end of the day, that's who we serve. Uh, and we try to give you information and you might have to read it between the lines or, <laughs> but other stuff we flat out ask, Hey, could we say this? <laughs> and they're like, you know, either yay, no, whatever the, the case may be. So, um, in this particular case, yeah, Joel was very, very direct in tweetable. <laughs> and, and, you know, we had a fine. I mean, some of the stuff that we're not allowed to tweet. Oof, oh, Christ. Very, very <laughs> spicy stuff here. Holy I mean, we shit. Could, we, if we threw that out there, yeah, well. That'll be on the Patreon. We, we'd have nothing. That'll be it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. We'd be one show and it'd be like, well, here's the thing. All we our sources would just Yeah, that's what, that's what it is. It would just dry up. Like, or, and and we, we have to respect that. And we have to know that. And we just have to massage that. That's all. Um, but yeah, that was, a, that was a good time. I mean, tell you what. Uh, the Reddit community and... Um, Sometimes I think the Reddit community doesn't like us. I don't know why. Um, I think they've turned the corner on us. Yeah. A lot of the people in that threads were saying, talking about our Ibushi contract scoop. Yeah. So you know, we're quietly building up a reputation as a reputable source of uh, breaking news. Like I said, we don't do it very often. No. But when we do put a story out there, you know it's legit. Correct. I would say that 100%. I would say that 100%. All right, good, good on us. Um, terrible job by WWE, that's for fucking sure. Dopes. Um, yeah, and that, and that rugby, I mean, look, 70,000, you're saying, for this for this match? 70,000 in the stadium? Whew. I can't imagine. And they like to drink, too, don't they? I mean, I, I, mean I, I don't know much about rugby, but I know that they can fucking drink. Fans and players alike. So, uh, yeah, that should be a zoo out there. And uh, not the best time to be running a uh, rinky-dink NXT UK show, that's for sure. Other little news bit here is Ayato Yoshida is going to be making some appearances for All Japan. Do you think that means he's done with New Japan? No. I I, I don't. Um, some, some appearances doesn't necessarily mean you're done with the other place. There's plenty of wrestlers that have done some appearances. Um, I mean, we got, a, we got a junior heavyweight that just broke his jaw doing some appearances. Um, so no, I'm not too concerned about that. I think he'll be, uh, I think he's just getting work and that's good. Um, I, I think he'll, I think he'll be, he's, he's still in the, in the new Japan mix. All right. So let's move on to the best of the fucking super juniors. Let's talk about the Pickums. First of all, we got the Pickums results from voices of wrestling. Oh, no. So 250 people took part in this all together and friend of the show, Noah's penis in second place. What? So very well done. Noah's penis. Some Noah's great penis. picking. Great. Listen, if anything Noah's penis can do, Noah's penis can pick around. Pick. That's a picking penis right there. Good job. Now, second place. Shit. You know, I got to be honest with you. When we look at these uh, these uh, uh, pickums, 
whether it's G1 or the uh, best of the super juniors or what, what uh, we, our listeners are usually at the top of the, at top of the heap. They're constantly, there's, you know, constantly there, recognizable names that we know and love that we know are our listeners. So, uh, great job. Noah's been, how did we do? Do well, we I'm glad you asked. So I oh, was fuck. 37th. I got 77 points. Where do you think you finished, David? Probably shit, because I never... Again, I wind up close to where it it finishes, but like getting there is always a, a challenge for me. Um, I'm probably middle of the pack, so I'll say 135. Wow, you 130th. Really, really, really close with that. Yeah, you got 72 points, so five points behind me. Oh, that's not that bad. That's, yeah, like, that's you know. fairly close. Yeah, yeah. The problem is, is that everybody picks kind of the same shit, and it, you all get lumped together, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the very small uh, margin of difference between a lot of those places there, but uh, I think decent job from both of us. We did okay there. Okay. Uh, well done, Noah's penis. You are the unofficial uh, Pickham's champion of the Super J cast. Maybe we can make that into a thing. Good job. That, that's that's not easy to do. It's not easy to do because some of that shit is just completely fucking random. Um. Yeah, good job. Do we know the winner? Do we know who won? Do we know that person? Uh, no, I don't. I've never heard no. of them. Maybe they. If, you, if you're a listener, let us know. Yeah, yeah, that's what we want. All right, very good. Uh, uh, what else? More stuff from our listeners. Uh, John Ensman says, uh, "Remember, we were talking about mask removal." So John says, "Damon, you've taken another L here. You've lost your bet on mask removals. Oh. If you count only tournament matches in the tournament, there were eight mask removal attempts. Titan was the biggest victim as he had his mask attacked three times. Kanemaru, the biggest offender, as his attack count is five. Kanemaru successfully removed masks twice." All mask removals were in the A block. No one ever tried to unmask Doki or Bandido. Phantasmo lifted Bandido's mask to kick his mouth, and I didn't count it. So there you go. I, I got to be honest with you. I'm blown away that somebody kept track of that. <laughs> that's that's to me. That's the most amazing thing. Well, I, I appreciate. It. So what did I? What, what I gave an over under number, right? So I, I fell. I was. I overshot the mark, didn't I? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because you know what? If you think about it, it's it's heels that are going to be, yeah, yeah, I fucked up. Eh, I'll take a big fat loss on that one. Wouldn't be the first time, but uh, mm. thanks, for, thanks, for, thanks for counting them. I appreciate it. Uh, any thoughts on the final four nights of the best of the Super Juniors? Oh, to me, it's kind of like all mashed into one. It was okay. I remember yeah. Shingo Ishimori was pretty good. I remember Osprey uh, Taguchi being pretty good. That's, bleh, that's all. <laughs> I'm just laughing at your blah blah. <laughs> that was great. Uh, I'm sure yeah. that people want our freezing cold takes on matches that happened over a week ago. Yeah, I mean, look, I think everybody, even watching it, you know, live or the next morning, you're just kind of like, all right, let's just get to the where we knew we need to go. Right? David, what did you think of Tiger Mask versus Titan? Go. Yeah, uh, I didn't give a fuck. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you one second of it. I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, no idea. No idea. Um, the finals, I'll give you. Um, all right, well, let me ask you this. What did you think of uh, Taguchi and Will Ospreay? What did you think of that? I can't remember it, Damon. <laughs> I've, got, <laughs> I've, got, I've got nothing. I've got nothing for you. It was okay. Yeah, like, like, here's the thing. It was okay. It wasn't like Taguchi was 
killer to Gooch, and he and he completely stepped up, and he was blown. You were blown away by it. It was okay. Oh, I, I remember. I remember thinking it felt a bit like Will was kind of taken easy because he knew he had a big final match right. coming two days later. Right. That's that's exactly the vibe I got as well. And there's and truth be told. Ain't nothing wrong with that, right? Because nobody's going to remember Taguchi and fucking Will Ospreay. You're going to remember what happened after. So why don't we just jump into that? Because that's what's on the that's what's on everybody's mind. That's what uh, is the talk of the pro wrestling world. And uh, truth be told, I watched those last two matches twice, twice in 24 hours. And, <laughs> well, I mean, look, do you want you want to go overarching thoughts and then dive in? And um, how, how do you want to work this? Let's go match by match, David. Let's Save your hot takes for the end. Let's talk about attendance first. So they sold 7,650 out of a possible 8,750. So... I'd say that's pretty good going because there are a lot of question marks and raised eyebrows about, oh, Sumo Hall for the best of the Super Juniors final. That's a bit ambitious. But you know, compared to last year, where it was Krakow, and now they've shifted 7,500 tickets. I'd say that's a home run. Yeah. I mean, it really depends on how much of a negative person you are, right? You can look at it as half full or half Is the empty. Sumo Hall half full or half empty? <laughs> right, right, exactly what it is. Is and, it, and it seven-eighths really... full or one-eighth empty? There you go. Wow, you're good at the math. Uh, yes, they have. They had a big building to fill. And the word on the street was, of all these shows that they had, this one was, was the one that they were a little bit, you know, on eggshells pardon the Chris Charlton pun, um, on, right? Because, you know, it is the juniors, and it is a big building. And if we just go back just a handful of years ago, you know, you would always hear Meltzer talking about, and even us talking about how, you know, attendance is low, and it's, you know, it's because it's the best of the super juniors, and blah, 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 blah. Um, so, again, they had a big building to fill, and I think they did an outstanding job. The building itself did not look empty, right? The building itself looked full. The problem was was those booths, right, where it's four to a person and you're fucking shoved in there, shoehorned in. Well, some of those booths were two to a people, two to a two to a people, two to a person. Um so that's where it is. But it wasn't like it, it looked like, you know, you needed to tarp off anywhere. It was just, you know, it wasn't filled to the brim. I'm giving them, I'm giving them a win on it, to be honest with you. They didn't lose money on it. Um, they, they just didn't hit that magical sellout. And that's, a, that's okay. That doesn't mean, Will Ospreay's not a draw. Shingo's not a draw. Pump the brakes. Um I, I think I think overall the tournament did well, gate wise. Finals they did very good. They just didn't hit that little that little cherry on top. N- nothing to be concerned with. Nothing. Okay, let's talk about the matches themselves. Then opening match was a six man tag: Shota Umino, Titan, and Dragon Lee beating Ren Narita, Jonathan Gresham, and Bandido. Dragon Lee pinning Ren Narita in eight minutes after a running knee. Really good opener, Damon. Great mix of speed and work rate. Picked out some of the uh, more interesting performers from the best of the Super Juniors. Really cool to see Dragon Lee and Bandido in the ring together. And I hope we see 
most of these guys back in New Japan in the future. Okay, who do, who don't you want? Titan. I would agree. Actually, he was okay, but he, he just had a couple of matches where the... I don't know if it was his fault or not, but the finishes got fucked up where it, the other guy kicked out or they were supposed to kick out and he thought they were going to kick out and move like they kicked out, but they didn't actually kick out and the ref counted three and he was obviously getting visibly frustrated. I know he's a good wrestler. I've seen him in excellent matches. I, I keep going on this best two out of three match he had with Cavanario. Awesome. But a uh, bit bit of a patchy best of super juniors. Yeah, I mean, look, I w- he's a guy that you bring in for periodically, right? And he's and that's and I'm totally okay with that. That's fine. I'm just saying, like, of all those guys, which 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 of those would you really want to be a focal point in your promotion? Um, and again, Teton, Fantastic Mania, absolutely. Teton, Best of the Super Juniors, absolutely. Teton, uh, Junior Tag, of course, why not? All right, well, let's, let's go ahead, Damien. You rank these four guys, Titan, Dragon Lee, Gresham, and Bandido, in order of preference. Uh, Dragon Lee, one. Grisham, two. Uh, Bandito, three. Teton, four. Agree. I'm with you. Yeah. I love Grisham. I really do. I, and, um, and again, a lot has to do with style, right? Like, a lot has to do with, with how he presents himself in the ring. Um. I, I really dig him, and and how can you not put Dragon Lee? Because let's be truthful here: in a big spot throughout the years, Dragon Lee has delivered every single fucking time. Right? I can't really go back and be like, eh, I didn't really like that Dragon. No, that, that I don't think those words have come out of my mouth. So yeah, to me, he's got to be number one. All right, next match. The second match was the Bullet Club team, Robbie Eagles, Taiji Ishimori and El Phantasmo beating Sho, Yo and Ryusuke Taguchi in nine minutes with Phantasmo pinning Sho after the CR2. And it was good to see El Phantasmo got his music back. There was a bit of shenanigans going on with music rights. And he did a good job actually on social media sort of playing it up like he he deliberately got his music muted because he was trying to punish the fans. And I do like his music. To me, Damon, El Phantasmo, he looks like he's had his serious singles threat period out of the way. And he's sort of becoming like the heel version of Taguchi in as much as he's over with the crowd. He can go when he gets the tap on his shoulder, but he can also do the multi-man comedy shtick because we got him punting the rugby ball into Rosie, uh, stealing Taguchi's hat, the Cancho stinky thumb up the arse thing. And also continuing this infighting with the Bullet Club story. Sounds familiar. Getting flashbacks to last year. Really good camera work. Great camera work when El Fantasmo stole the win from Eagles because we had Eagles in the foreground looking very upset while El Fantasmo was in the background doing the CR2. Amazing cinematography. Amazing storytelling, Damon. I loved oh. it. <laughs> can go and eat shit. Oh, jeez. My goodness. Um... <laughs> I'm kind of blown away. Uh, yeah, Back to the match. I mean, I think Robbie Eagles looks destined for chaos. Uh, El Phantasma and Taiji look set to have a crack at the junior tag team titles mm-hmm. at some point in the future. I think El Phantasma had a, I think it was a Rev Pro booking on the day of Dominion. So he, he's not at Dominion, but I think they're going to continue that somewhere down the line. Are you excited by the pro- that, those prospects of uh, possibly an Eagles uh, Phantasma? Yeah, I am. I thought that was one of the most interesting stories in the Best of the Super Juniors. I think Robbie Eagles has got a huge amount of upside as a babyface single star. Me too. 
I, I think it's I think it's a, a an interesting twist in that in that Bullet Club storyline. Uh, I just I'm the only thing I'm concerned with is this, and this this happens a lot in pro wrestling, is that you have that feud and then you have that blow off match and then what? Right? I, and I know I'm kind of months ahead of myself here. But like, so then, where where do you go from here with those two guys? Is it one stays in Bullet Club and then who doesn't? And then what do you do with that person? Right. Well, you have Robbie Eagles move to Chaos, and then Osprey eventually moves to Heavyweight, and you have Robbie Eagles as the Chaos Junior Singles Ace. Sort of. You can build your <laughs> Australia shows around him. All right. Now we're talking. See, look, you got to. Look, I tell you what, Joel. Because they're doing the whole, you, you know, the thing with the flag where uh, Osprey, when they wrestled in Australia, Osprey gave him the Japan flag, and then during Best of the Super Juniors, Robbie Eagles threw the flag back at him. I mentioned it last week. We're definitely yeah. going to see that flag again. The Osprey and Eagles going to have another match, and Eagles is going to earn his way into chaos, and Osprey will he'll, he'll have kept the Japan flag and give it back to him, and it will be wonderful. Yes. Great storytelling. Um, Storytelling, storytelling, storytelling. I love storytelling in wrestling. Do you? Do you? Sounds like you do. Wow. I like storytelling. I like to tell stories. I got a story for you. No one wants to... Never mind. (laughs) Stop. All right. um, Next on the docket. All right. Next on the docket, we have the third match, which was 10-man uh, Tiger Mask, Jushin Thunder Liger, Yoshihashi, Toriyano, Tomohiro Ishii, defeating the Suzuki Gun team of Doki, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Zack Sabre Jr., Minoru Suzuki, and Taichi, with Yoshihashi, of all people, pinning Doki in 10 minutes after the karma. So personally, Damon, I was very happy to see Doki getting adopted properly by Suzuki Gun and Suzuki. I... Personally, I, again, I hope he can stick around, even if it's just as their pin eater. He's trying his best. He did a crazy dive to the outside where there were nine frigging guys and he still landed on his ass. They all missed him. And they're also setting up a Zack Sabre Jr. versus Yoshihashi feud over the Rev Pro title. And as much as I love Zack, pants, they're up. Pants are at Tiger Mask levels for that one. They're up by the <laughs> armpits. Um, also, can we agree that Taichi is officially the Suzuki Gun ace? As everyone came out to his theme, his pageant theme. Uh-huh. Uh, we got Liger versus Suzuki hinted at again. I heard some unsubstantiated rumors of them having a pancreas match lined up somewhere down the line. I'm not sure I'm buying that at this point, but certainly a few interesting things bubbling up in this match. Uh, I like Doki. I think he was was a very pleasant surprise. A very pleasant surprise, given the fact that, one, I would say 80% of the New Japan fans and watchers had no fucking idea who this guy was, right? Um, And he was able to make an impression so much that, yeah, he's kind of like this ancillary Suzuki-goon guy. And again, he's going to eat pins, and there's nothing wrong with that uh, for the time being. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I think that during this tour, he, I, I, you know, I'm not saying all of his matches were spectacular. I'm not saying they were great. I'm saying they were different, and they did add an extra element of. I know people are throwing around the griminess and the sleaze and the, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I do think that he was a different taste in a tournament where. 
it was, would be very easy to have guys that are exactly the same and felt the same and were the same. So I thought he did good. Um, I know we're not giving grades because they're not really going to change that much throughout the, the course of uh, the tournament, you know, these past four nights. Uh, but I thought he did really good. I thought he did. I thought I thought he did better than expected. Let's put it that way, better than expected. And I know he got dunked on a little bit in the beginning, but I thought he did fine and he did his job well. Okay, fourth match then was eight man tag with Lij Team Bushi Sanada, Evil and Naito defeating Toei Hinare, Tomaki Honma, Togi Makabe, and Kota Ibushi in ten minutes. Evil pinning Hinare after a magic killer. Uh, I don't really have that much to say about this. Sanada's got a new mask. Hinare's eating a magic killer instead of a Destino here, so something fresh on the menu for him. Um, <laughs> also, sticking with LIJ, I have officially retired from predicting Hiromu's return, but there was a lot of buzz because he released a little hype video that mentioned June the 5th, and everyone's like, oh, he's going to come back during the finals, but it just turned out to be the Nauru doll, the little red cat that, that's gone on sale. So uh, Hiromu's never coming back, people. He's done. <laughs> he's done. I don't. I it, just, it sucks because it it uh, it does wet the appetite of 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 all the Hiromo fans. And we we all are. I don't know really anybody who isn't. It does wet the appetite and constant tease. The constant tease. Uh, I'm uh, truth be told, I'm kind of getting a little uh, kind of a little sick of it to be. <laughs> Getting blue want... balls, Damon. There's only yeah, so many exactly times you can get your hopes up and be like, oh, okay, right. again. Right. I mean, and I know it's us doing it, right? It's it's us, you know, speculating and getting our hopes up and all that shit, but enough's enough already. Yeah, we, we got to get out of that business. He's just going to show up like at a random, like it's just going to be like a, 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 a random six or multi Road to destruction. <laughs> right, right. Right in the middle of nowhere, Japan, he's just going to show up. Um, but I know, but it's all these videos and the, and you know when you start sticking in dates and shit, you know people are going to. I think I think it's a natural reaction to kind of read into some of that shit. So yeah, enough. I don't want to see. I don't want to see another video. I, I really don't. I don't because 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 here's the thing. I'm kind of over it. It's like just fucking come back when you're ready. All right, just come back. Enough of the videos. Just come back when you're ready and the fucking puppet and the cat and all. Just come back whenever you're ready. Yeah, I appreciate what he's doing, that he's trying to sort of keep himself relevant and keep the buzz going. But yeah, like, like I said last time, I'm just, I'm giving up predicting his comebacks anymore. So when he comes back, great, but I'm, I'm off the hype train now. Let's move on to the fifth match, which was Rocky Romero and Kazuchika Okada defeating Brody King and Marty Skull. Okada pinned King in 10 minutes after Rainmaker. Bit of a strange match. I thought there might be something happening with a new member of Villain Enterprises, which Marty had been teasing out, but it's just a straightforward match here, I guess, to heat up Okada for his big title match on Sunday. But I must say, Damon, I think Brody King is doing a terrific job getting over with the crowd here. He's got a really unique look. He's got some flashy moves for a big guy. And I think he'll be back. I also like Okada keeping his wits about him. He was anticipating the Jericho ambush. So even when we got the Jericho video thing, Okada sort of checking yeah. behind him, which yeah. made him look smart. I don't like, you know, the idiot baby face always getting jumped. And I also like Okada at the end saying, what the hell does pain make it even mean, you jackass? That was really funny. Yeah, Brody King was uh, put in a nice little spotlight to, even though he, he and, and here's another thing too, that with Okada pinning him, you know, him taking the, the fall and eating the pin. 
Um, it's a big dude. You know what I mean? It's, it's, that's, a, that's a nice – he could have easily pinned Marty Skrull, and no one would have blinked a fucking eye. But I think uh, him, him getting a win over Brody King is, 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 not, is, is it's a big guy. Big guy. Maybe not experience-wise, but yeah, it's a big guy. It looked good. Let's put it that way. Like, it, it looked good that he beat him soundly. Soundly. Um, and it's good for Brody King because I think it's, you know, kind of – I'm sure he was in the back politicking to be like, I'll be the guy to, to take the fall. You know what I mean? Like, it, like if you're in that Look position – Look at my Rainmaker bump. He's like right, flying right. over, landing on his head. <laughs> right. Right. Look at how well I can take this. Come on. Uh, so I, I would be surprised. Wrestlers are, are, are that way. I can see that. Um, but, yeah, this was to heat up uh, Jericho and uh, and uh, Okada in just a, a handful of days. And, and which you you will be there. You will be live in Osaka, correct? Correct. I'll be flying out on Saturday afternoon, so I'll get there late Saturday night. I'll meet my good friend WH Park there, and oh. looking forward to going to Osaka Joe Hall. There's going to be a lot of people we know, a lot of voices, wrestling guys. Uh, John Carroll will be there, Taylor, Paul, Kelly... Um, WH, of course, I'll be sitting with him and Jojo Remy. So very excited, Damon. It's kind of, it sort of hasn't quite sunk in. I've been so busy with work that I haven't had a moment to sort of think, wow, I'm going to Dominion. But thanks Good for bringing it up. Yeah, well, listen, uh, we represent. You know, we've been at every, you know, I, you know, maybe not a, a couple. Another victory lap. You, you set me up for another victory lap. How many other podcasters have been to Wrestle Kingdom and the MSG G1 Supercard and Dominion. Right. That's that's the setup. That's the setup. And, you know, of course, Wrestle Kingdom coming up. We've got to find a way to get the G1. Well, I mean, again, Dallas, you know, there's a good possibility I'll be there, possibly. Um, so, you know, listen, we represent. We represent. Here's the thing, too, with the Dallas thing, too. I know that there's there's a, they're planning a nice little meetup that down there. That's that's in the works. Like so, it's like I really feel yeah. like a responsible. Shout out to Nicole and Tyler for sorting that out. Yeah, they're, they're really right they really doing a great job, and it's going to be fun. And it's like you know, it's kind of like I, not that I feel a sense of obligation, but I kind of feel a sense of obligation. You know, they're they're really working hard and trying to make this happen. I got to find a way to get there. So, uh, yes, all right. So uh, sorry to derail once again. Okay, so a sixth match was a singles match with uh, Jay White defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi in 90 minutes with a neck lock. What do you think of Jay's beard and waistcoats? Because to me, he's looking very Adam Cole-ish. Beard, I think it makes him look a little bit more adult. And I like the coat. I got to be honest with you, the coat did remind me a little bit. I'm, I'm saying, to be honest, a lot today. What the fuck is my problem? Um... It reminded me a little bit of uh, Shinsuke, to be to be truthful. I say to be truthful a lot too. Um, I like it; it's fine. I, I, I and I think uh, the facial hair helps him uh, look more like a man instead of a little boy. And I like the fact that this is like how many times have we seen the Hiroshi Tanahashi come back from injury? Post best of the Super Junior tour, right? It's, it kind of feels like we've seen this before. Um, and props to the makeup department for that gnarly scar that Tanahashi's got on his elbow. Yeah, yeah, we 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 know the truth. He was on the beach, no surgery. Come on, uh, I like this match. I like this match. 
I, I can't say a, a lot, but it was definitely the, my third favorite match on the show that was meant to be my third favorite match on the show. Does that make any sense? <laughs> Damning with frame praise. Real curious <laughs> egg there. I really like this, Damon. Yeah. I did too. I mean, I, you know, I, I feel like it doesn't get the, the love because the, the next two matches, uh, I mean, we're almost there. Uh, but I really felt like these three matches built to a f- climax. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Yeah, they were all very different, weren't they? They were. Um, and and you, f- you did feel, or at least I felt, I'd say more than halfway through this match, that this was a going to be a definitive Jay White win. It really felt that way. Um, from working over the arm and the constant work on the arm, and, and just it, it did not feel like this was a back-and-forth type of match where I felt like Jay White was in any real serious trouble. And I know that the idea of of Tanahashi coming back from the injury and his first match back and all that stuff, but there really wasn't a time where I was like, "Oh, Jay White is 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 taking the fall here," Um, and and that is on one side of the coin. That's a really good thing because you really committed to Jay White and you're committed to him uh, being this person, and you're not backpedaling and you're not, uh, for lack of a better term, pussing out. You're 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 going in, you know. You're you're committed to the cause. On the other hand, and again, we've said this a lot, so let's take this with a grain of salt. It does feel like it's another step backwards, or, or let me take that back, not backwards, uh, down the hill of of a very tall hill uh, that Hiroshi Tanahashi's career has been on. Right, it's just that's just another step in that. Okay, we're starting to pay it forward. In, in in helping guys make stars. Um, I don't know if this is a career-defining Jay White match, but it, it is another notch in the belt to say, okay, I am a serious top guy in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I think I enjoyed this match a bit more than you did. I thought from an, in-point, uh, an in-ring standpoint, it was the best match that these two have had together. The King of Pro Wrestling match had high stakes and more drama, but I thought this was really smartly worked. Great storytelling. Love the storytelling. Jay White working over Tanahashi's arm. And if you like that Jay White style, you'll love this. I'm a big fan. I enjoyed it a lot. I particularly like Tanahashi doing the dragon screw with tra- uh, trapping between his legs rather than his arm. It was a great little touch. I, I like seeing wrestlers with injured body parts, have to improvise. And a really clever finish that played into that, Jay White cranking the bad arm during the roll-up so Tanahashi couldn't kick out with full force. Uh, seemed to be putting, like you say, shine on Jay White leading into the G1. But I do have a funny feeling Tanahashi's going to get his win back at some point, maybe in the G1. I don't know. I just I can never rule out Tanahashi because I remember around this time last year when he lost to Okada at Dontaku and then he was in just a... Sort of random multi-man on Dominion. I thought, okay, they're sort of cycling him down. And then he's winning the friggin' G1, <laughs> winning the title of Wrestle Kingdom. So you can never rule out Tanahashi. 
Yeah, I mean, we've been saying it for years, right? I mean, I don't, I don't think there's ever been a time in this podcast's life that we haven't sat here and said, ah, injuries, when is he going to slow down? When is it, you know? And then, you know, we're sitting in, in the middle of the Tokyo Dome watching him win, <laughs> watching him win the title. Right? Uh, and again, I think that was more, well, I mean, you know, hindsight being 2020, it's, it's a, you know, more of a transitional, of course, but, but, but still. Uh, you trust the guy to to hold on to your title. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't want it to, to seem like I didn't like this match because I did. Um, and I thought it was really good. And the things that you described are accurate in the sense of, yeah, I did like the fact that his arm is worked over and he's got to improvise that dragon screw leg whip. And he's, you know, kind of has the leg a little bit more tucked. and He's not really grabbing it. Um, even even something as simple as, uh, you know, an Irish whip turned into, you know, trouble and problematic for him. So, no, I, I, I did enjoy this match. I did like it. I don't know if I would put it in my favorite Jay White Tanahashi matches. I don't know where I would rank it. Probably somewhere high, but not number one. It was a good match. It was a really it was a really solid match. Well worked, well thought. Um uh, it made sense. Uh at no but at, again, at, to me it just I felt like at no point was I thinking Tanahashi was going over. It just didn't feel that way to me. Um and I and and again, that might be a good thing six months, eight months, a year down the road. I have noticed a shift in Tanahashi's style. I don't know if this is something that's going to be long-term, but this and the Zack Sabre Jr. match from the MSG show, that it's more of a grappling, submission, body part-based match rather than the sort of epic main event style, lots of high-fly flows and risky spots kind of match. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just him kind of tailoring his style to what his body can do at this point. And and here's the thing, he doesn't have to, right? He doesn't have to do that anymore. He can he's smart enough and he's well versed enough and he and he's can can perform at such a level that he 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 has done the legwork in his career to make everything mean something. Right. And so when he's doing stuff that normally on paper would be like, oh, he's working over the arm. Oh, okay. You know, you know he's not fucking Bob Backlund, right? He, he, he makes it interesting and he makes it uh, compelling, even though he's working what some might consider a scale down or a tone down or a, dare I say, a safer style. All right, our seventh match then was the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship match where John Moxley defeated Juice Robinson in 24 minutes with a double arm DDT. Damon, before we get into the match, I want to talk a bit about John Moxley and his podcast appearances. He did Talk with Jericho, he did two shows with Wade Keller. So we found out that the New Japan deal was actually before the AEW deal. And the big takeaway for me was that John Moxley was talking about wanting to be out of his comfort zone, which certainly ticked a lot of g1 boxes in my mind so like we say he's got no scheduled dates that conflict with the g1 and what i found really interesting i mean we were talking to our our people our special people and they commenting that it's just interesting comparing what we heard from moxley working in wwe where everything's really micromanaged everything's restrictive you get told your matches are laid out for you your promos are written for you and you're left with very little to actually do yourself to help get your character across where as as we were told new japan's more like you know a guy like el Fantasma, okay you're the headbanger you're in bullet club you're a heel off you go but the i've really got the feeling listening to these interviews that 
Moxley is a creative guy. He's got a lot of really good ideas. He's burning with a desire to prove himself, which is exactly what you want from a new wrestler in the company. And I thought you brought that fire to this match in a big way. So did you uh, listen to any of these podcasts? What were your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I listened. Um, uh, one thing, and I think this was shared by someone else, and and forgive me if I don't give proper credit, uh, it, it validated a lot of the things that people have said and that people have felt and people have speculated and people have reported, right, of the inner workings of how dreadful WWE is for, dare I say the word, pro wrestlers to perform their craft. It is dreadful it, it, uh, in so much as it's not the place for you if you pride yourself on being a pro wrestler and all the things that that includes, right? Creativity-wise, uh, uh, in-ring-wise, I'm going to say the word, Joel, storytelling-wise, uh, character Will you give it a rest with a fucking storytelling? Go read a book, Damon. <laughs> I, I like books. God, wrestling fans. You're just uncultured swine. <laughs> you really don't like this woman, do you? You really don't. Um... Jeez, uh, it, but it's all these things that uh, just—it's just not an environment for people that enjoy pro wrestling, and 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 that's really the the, the biggest thing. So yeah, people are just waiting their contracts out and just and if, and and. They 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 did. It. I one of the better lines that I heard from from I don't even know which one it was, but where he was talking about the offer that was made to renew the contract, and it was in some envelope, and he didn't even open. He didn't even open it. He was just like, "I'm done. I'm so mentally, physically, emotion. I'm done with this company. I don't care." Uh, and it's and it's not about the money. But what he was saying, you know, I have I I have my house. I have my parents' house. Everything's paid for. I don't need X million dollars. It's it it's because I'm not going to spend it. I'm just not that kind of guy. Like, what am I going to do with this money? Um, and he and he wants to be creative, and he wants to be. Uh, look, he was put here. He went to wrestling school. He he's the kind of guy, like many of us may have been in certain phases of their life, where. Oh, if given this opportunity, I would do this. And and and, and as much as I shit on the fantasy booking, that's kind of like what they're doing in their own mind, right? Of oh, I would do this, and, and I could work this program with him, and here's how we could get this angle going. That's what makes you a fan of pro wrestling, right? I think everybody kind of does that. Um, if if in fact pro wrestling is, is is a career choice. So to wrap up this long winded rambling thought. He's in a good spot now, where he's in a, a company that is growing and is and is is taking off here in the states, uh, and he's able to have that creative freedom, and he's able to go to Japan and do exactly the same. So I'm happy for the guy because finally, look, I don't think there's any any question it, given this past month of pro wrestling that has come across our screens, whether it be Cody, whether it be 
gold dust, whether it be uh, Kenny, whether it be Jericho, whether it be John Moxley, go down the list. When you get those shackles removed and you are free to create and do as you as you think is best for your career, wow, amazing fucking things occur. Amazing things occur. And hopefully it's the inspiration for lots of other people uh, to do to do the same. If, in fact, you are a creative person and you want to be a pro wrestler. And I don't want to position this as like some sort of anti-WWE ranty podcast because... We're here to talk about New Japan, but the fact is WWE not allowing their talent to be creatively fulfilled is a huge story. It's a huge factor in the wrestling business today. So it is something we have to talk about. So what did you think of John Moxie's presentation? Like the music, the gear, the entrance? I like the entrance. I liked, I did. I thought, you know, because you kind of, or at least I did. You, you kind of forgot, oh, yeah, he, he does do that. He does go through the crowd making his way to the ring. Uh, the music I couldn't really make out or hear over top of Kevin and, and Chris and uh, Gino um, doing their thing. So it was kind of I, – I, I mean, it, it, that didn't really uh, – it was fine. Uh, I liked his presentation. I liked the fact that he was there as a serious pro wrestler. Um, I like I like the fact that he was a little bit, you know, he played up his crazy, wild, loose cannon character, uh, and then delivered in the ring, you know, in a match that you were kind of hoping it would be the way it was laid out—a nice, solid brawl. But even I know, at least I know, I had, and many of the people that I spoke with feel like. He over delivered, and it was better than than even expected. And we were expecting good, and I think we got close to great. Yeah, I thought he looked terrific. Exactly the sort of character I wanted him to be in WWE before they ruined him, like they ruined everything and made him into a rodeo clown. Music was great. I thought it fit the Death Rider gimmick to a T. Like he just walked out of that grimy dive bar from his vignette. The outfit I found a little bit jarring at first because it, it made him look like a, a bit like a little boy in a PE lesson. But it grew on me. And like we talked about, it's just great to see an artist off the leash doing things the way that he wants to do them. And then Juice came out, all business. Like I think Juice Robinson has the best emotional range in the business because you know sometimes he can look happy and happy-go-lucky and then sometimes he's dejected. But And here he just looked fired up. He was pissed off. He was ready for a fight. And then the hat came off, and he's had the haircut, the symbolic haircut, the storytelling haircut. And my first thought, seeing the haircut, I thought, this guy, he looks like a fucking main eventer now. The flamboyant Juice Robinson, not today. No flamboyant Juice Robinson. This guy was here for a fight. And boy, Damon, did these guys fight. This was nasty. It was ugly, violent. It's two guys who looked like they had a real blood fuse. We had mocks. Biting juice, juice smearing the blood all over his face. There was a horrible looking dive from the top of the entrance where where Moxie and the young lions all completely yeah. missed juice. Talk about a whiff there, yeah. yeah, yeah it's just really one. painful to watch. Uh, but I just thought Mox was doing great character work. He's behaving like a guy who might just stab you in the fucking eye with a pen. 
He just comes across as a dangerous badass. And I loved his little apology to the ref as well. That was really good. Um, we had some sick table bumps here. My favourite being when Juice did the cannonball where the table was like a ramp. He nearly sent it flying into the crowd. And then Juice afterwards was just screaming, I'm breaking this motherfucker and just powerbomb Moxley through the table at the second attempt. We had some neat little callbacks with Juice doing the roll-up that beat Jay White. And I love the moment where Moxley hit the Dirty Deeds DDT and then Juice kicked out and then Moxley smiled as if to say, yes, you have changed Juice, but so have I. And then he fucking drills him into the mat with that nasty-looking high-angle double-arm DDT. David, this was everything I hoped it would be and more. Moxley looked fantastic. But honestly, I thought Juice came across as the biggest star here. And it was notable that the broadcast devoted several minutes after Moxley had left to show Juice struggling to get to his feet, staggering to the back by himself, looking pissed off. And they don't always do that. So I understand people might be worried that Juice somehow losing out by having Moxley turn up and take his title. But honestly, this defeat made me way more interested in Juice than I was when he was knocking off guys like Beretta or, or Chase or Farley. And the backstage post-fight promos, absolute fire too. And Juice says, he took the only thing in the fucking world that means anything to me. Juicy's the best on the mic, for my money, in the world. He's the best on that microphone. And when he talks, I really believe it, Damon. I believe every single word and emotion that he puts out there. He just seems so real. And he's going to get that win back one day. I dare say move on to bigger and better things. And I think that might have been the best match of both men's careers. Yeah. here's, Here's what it did. And I don't think it made John Moxley a bigger star. What I was happy to see was he was already a star, and like it, 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 it wasn't like that crowd had any trouble appreciating what was in front of him, right? They, they knew who he was, what he was about, no issues. It wasn't like dead silence, who was this guy? That's good. Because you worry about that sometimes in a building like that, that, you know, it's not Corkin, where they know just about anybody who walks in the door. Here's what this match did for me, and here's what I think it did in general. This helped Juice get another side of his character that maybe wasn't as developed before, and that is a guy who not only can take an ass-whipping, but can deliver an ass-whipping. And I don't think that you got a match of that style. Like, you need that match to kind of show people and to remind people or to clue people in to help establish the fact that, yeah, Juice Robinson is this lovable, happy-go-lucky, free-spirity, woo-hoo-hoo-hoo kind of guy, but he's also a guy that will fucking put a boot in your ass if you step out of line. And that needs to happen, right? That needs to happen. Uh, it's kind of like uh, when we talked about Jay White and the sandpaper that was needed for Jay White, right? Because because in your mind, you have this vision of Jay White as young lion Jay White. Well, no, you need to change that. You need to get some sandpaper and some grit. This helped Juice, in a big way, get a lot of sandpaper and a lot of grit and, and a lot of toughness and a lot of, okay, again, I'm, I'm eight times out of ten, you're not going to see this, but when when the the, the time comes, uh, I'm going to put a boot in your ass. It was good. I think it helped him more. Um, 
I don't know what the story is with with the hard way, right? And there, and you could see by the punches that were thrown, you know, they they were trying to open them up. I don't know. I don't know if, if, if you can't blade in that building, or they were told specifically not to, or whatever. But they thought that was the right thing to do, and it did add a, a definite uh, level of mm, dangerousness, unpredictability. Um, ferociousness, I don't know what fucking word I'm looking for, but it did add an extra element of, uh, to steal a JR phrase, physicality that, uh, again, you never really saw in a juice match, and yet you were hoping that you were going to get in this match. It delivered. Uh, are we throwing around stars? Are we doing snowflakes? What are we doing? I would say, um... I got four and a half for this. Yeah. I really loved it. Me too. I went four and a half. And I'll tell you what. Did you like this match more than you liked Jericho Omega from just they, a few they nights were before? Quite similar, weren't they? In yeah. the format, just like really ugly, nasty brawl, table bumps, just two guys just beating the shit out of each other. I, yeah, I enjoyed it more. Not through any sort of technical in-ring stuff, but I was more emotionally invested in this match because I love Juice and I was really excited to see John Moxley. I, I like Kenny Omega, I like Chris Jericho as well, but I didn't have that much excitement and investment because obviously I've seen that match before. Best compliment I could give is I think that they were neck and neck, right? So Juice and Moxley, first time working together. And again, him coming in, no, no, they've worked together in oh, well, yeah, well, That was well, the whole feud. Was well, I, right, but you know what I mean. You know, at this level. Um, it's 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 saying something that a guy can just walk into a building and deliver something like that. You gotta give credit to to Moxley. You absolutely have to give credit. Um and of course Juice. I I would say they were neck and neck. You know? I, 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 a gun to my head, which one am I picking? I really like Juice, man. I, 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 uh, I look. I, I think they're neck and neck. I think you could put them right on top of each other, and it would fit perfectly. And th- and that's probably the biggest compliment I can give both those guys. I get real Dusty Rhodes vibes from Juice, sort of like the working man, the man of the people. But when push comes to shove, he will beat you in a fight. Like I'm thinking, you know, the Hard Times promo where he's talking about, you know, I might, you know, my height might be a bit big, my belly's a bit bigger, but I'm as bad as they come and I really get those kind of vibes from Juice Robinson well he spent some time with him right in in yep you know I'm sure that there was some promo lessons and some uh uh you know character development lessons that were uh that were shared I'm sure I'm sure he's he's taken a lot and again if you're a student of the game you're watching tapes Right, you you know what's good. You know what connects. I mean, who, who uh, uh, Lariato? You, you, you see the uh, the stuff that he puts out, um, and then he does like he'll dedicate like twenty gifts of just Dusty Rhodes interviews, right? And you watch them, and you're just like, oh, that was a fucking good one. Oh, here's another. You know, it's just just boom, one after another, after another, after another, after another. Post match, pre match, hype, whatever. And you're just like fuck. He was he was amazing in the ring, like during, like during the Crockett years. Like trust me, I was there. I was I fucking saw it all. Watched every show, you know, as it happened. And yeah, there were people that shit on Dusty big time for his booking, putting himself over all the time. Um, 
his matches were, you know, know, Dusty Rhodes were, you know, you questioned some of that. But no one ever questioned the Dusty Rhodes promo. No one ever fucking questioned that. Yeah, and if you you take an eighth of that and use it in in your own, it's a win. It's a fucking win. So, yeah, Juice is a student of the game. He knows. A question here from Chris Fee says, knowing Moxley is around for a short while, how would you book his run? Rematch with Juice or a new opponent? What do you consider a short run? Well, given that he has commitments to AEW, so he's not going to be full-time with New Japan. He's going to be there more than that. Um, yep. You know, I, I don't don't be misled here and think that this is just like a Rey Mysterio thing, right? Don't be misled. Because that's that's not what this is. He's gonna be, he's gonna be in the mix for you know a a, a, a decent while, a decent while. Um, again, we're not we're not dropping in, in a heavyweight title on the guy, but this is not a again this is not a one and done. This is not a a a quick hit. This is this he's gonna he's gonna be in the mix here. You're not gonna see him on every show. You're not gonna see him on every tour, but bigger shows. For the for the near future, you're gonna see him. Let's talk about the main event then, which was let me just find it. Eighth match, best of the Super Juniors 26 final. Will Ospreay defeating Shingo Takagi in 33 minutes with a Stormbreaker. I say 33 minutes, Damon. This was 33 minutes that felt like five. It felt like a sprint. Yep. It flew by. I. I don't know where to start with this. It in the build-up, it felt like a dream match. Like they build it up so well with Shingo as this unbeatable monster. Most people, myself included, expected Shingo to win, and even them just staring each other down at the start gave me chills. It's an all-time great Shingo Takagi against a guy who's going to be a future Hall of Fame, a future all-time great, and we lost Bray. Opening exchange, absolutely wild. The pace off the charts. Some great moments that made you think Osprey was in over his head. Like that moment where Shingo caught Will's leg and flipped him up so high that Will spun around and landed on his back. And it's such a small little change, but one that not many guys are athletic enough to do. And it wasn't just done for the sake of it to look cool. It fit the story perfectly because Shingo is a fucking monster. And Will selling throughout this match was magnificent. The way he went flying back into the ropes after the lariats and sort of staggering collapse into his knees. He's toned down the, the over-the-top stuff, the grunting, the facial expressions. He's really dialed that back. And every single one of his moves here made sense. And some of them missed. Some of them were botched. So he screwed up. And again, that made sense to me because he's getting the shit beaten out of him by Shingo fucking Takagi. Of course all his moves aren't going to land crisp and clean. And... Even Shingo himself had to pull out some crazy moves, like that bit where he was sort of desperately clutching at Osprey's ankles to try and stop him doing the Sasuke special. That suicide dive where Shingo fucked his leg up on the barricade. I, I thought he was legitimately hurt. He sold it so well. I was really worried about that. And then he busted out the Made in Japan. He dropped Will right on his neck. And then Will kicked out of it. These dudes just dropping each other right on their fucking necks. And some of them looked so bad, I thought they were seriously hurt. Like that pumping bomber counter into the high-angle powerbomb. Will's lip got busted open. He's bleeding. Shingo's looking more and more gassed as the match goes on. This match is going longer than Shingo's ever gone in New Japan, and he's heavy breathing from both guys. And then Osprey threw 
every single goddamn move in his arsenal at Shingo. We had the top rope Oz cutter, the hidden blades, and the storm break. He literally hit all of his moves. All of them. It took every single one of them to put down Shingo. This was insane. It was so good. And I was shocked that Shingo lost. But it all makes sense. You give Shingo the unbeatable monster run. He's 9-0 in best of the Super Juniors. Never been pinned. Never been submitted since he debuted in New Japan. You build up all that heat. And then you use that to launch Will Ospreay into the stratosphere. Because he's the star. He's the long-term project here. Not Shingo. Shingo will be fine. He doesn't need that unbeaten streak anymore. It served its purpose. It was the perfect way to end it. At the perfect time. Against the perfect opponent. And Damon, that edge Kenny versus Tanahashi for me. This is my new match of the year. I'm in full agreement. I'm in full fucking agreement. Look, I'm going to say something. And for the longtime New Japan Pro Wrestling fans, you know who you are. You're the people that got the videotapes. You're the people that uh, watch all the shows. You're the people that know the history. You're the people that uh, can go down that roster uh, and the the lineup of former champions and rattle them off. You know the matches. Let's say something. That was the best Super Juniors final ever. Let me repeat that. That match between Will Ospreay, Shingo Takagi, best Super Junior finals ever. That match, here's, here's, here's what I felt like after that match. That match didn't feel like it was a junior, and I'll put that in air quotes, match. That felt like a modern-day pro wrestling match that, truth be told, you could put in any promotion. You could put that in in BOLA with Gorilla. You could put that in uh, Progresses with Strong Style, whatever that is. You could put that in WXW. You could put that in... 90s all uh, Japan. King's uh, Road stuff. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think that would fit perfectly in, in, in Noah at their height. I'm telling you, it didn't feel like I was watching, and I don't mean, mean this as a slight, it didn't feel like I was watching a juniors match. It felt like I was watching great modern pro wrestling. Top, top flight. Modern pro wrestling. Blew me away. Uh, the one that thing that I think that stuck out the most that helped put it over the top for me was the fact that there were moments where, and, and you, you, you've seen this in a, a little bit more when it comes to those juniors, but I think Shingo, what he brings is this, this extra level of he brings an element of Japanese indie beefy strong guy pro wrestling that you get a taste of that with Ishii you get a taste of that with Makabe you get a taste of that but you know what I'm talking about you're all Japan's your big Japan main events that type of flavor to juniors which I find Fucking tremendous. There were some clotheslines, and, and again, late in the match where the sweat is dripping off both guys, 
where he is just laying into Osprey, where I thought he's going to cave his fucking chest in, and the sweat just just sprays in the air. The pace, you know, we talk about Okada and Kenny and that sixty minute match and the pace. That that pace, and again, it didn't. It went half the time that 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 Dominion match went. Still, the pace was was off the charts, and it wasn't flip. Just like you said, everything made sense to me. It wasn't flippiness for flippiness' sake. Look, I get. I remember doing the show, Osprey, Ricochet from from Cork and Hall, a match that everybody talked about. You know, ESPN, all that. And I get where people kind of hand-waved it, over-choreographed, flippy, blah, 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 whatever. I, I can see this. I can see their arguments. I, I can't see anyone hand-waving this match. I can't see, and, and, and again, you can like what you like, but I, 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 I truly believe that if you love pro wrestling, and even if you have a problem with Will Ospreay, whatever it is, whether it's his tweets or shit, or his, or his past history with, with, with shitty behavior, or whatever it is, or if you have a problem with Shingo and it's, I don't know, whatever, whatever you might be a problem with Shingo, whatever, you got to look at that match objectively. Objectively. And you can't tell me, you can't look me in the eye and say, that was not a great match. Because it was. It was an absolute great match. And I don't care what style you like. I don't care what, 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 where you want to fucking hang your coat. Whether it's, I like a, uh, I'm a UWFI guy. Or, uh, I fly the Enochism banner. Or, I'm a flippy do guy. Or, I like Orange Cassidy's nonsense. Whatever. You watch that fucking match, and you mean to tell me that's not a great match. I got a, I got a, I got a question. I got a question. Why are you watching this shit? Why are you watching this shit? That was a five-star performance, if I ever saw one. Um, it is in the running, without question, for match of the year. And just based off of these three matches... I you, you got to think that it's in the running for show over the year. What an outstanding performance from both guys. Outstanding booking. Outstanding thought process. Outstanding delivering what people wanted on all sides. It's just a win all the way around. And these are the moments. These are the moments where you're fucking so happy that you're a fan of pro wrestling for all the shit that you got to put up with for all the bullshit you get this at the end of the rainbow so enjoy it watch it as many times as you want because i've watched it twice already it is a epic performance by both gentlemen hats off i'm glad you brought up some of those points there damon about Osprey specifically, because I want to talk about Will Ospreay. I've got a few things to get off my chest because I said on Twitter that I think right now, right now, 2019, he's the best in the world. Boy, did that upset a lot of people. Not normal people, though. 
lots of people with brain worms. All the angry, uh, quote-unquote, pro-rest purist kids came crawling out of the woodwork. And Joe Lanza's talked about this before. He's right. They are all insufferable, miserable assholes. What is this weird, fucked-up culture we're living in, Damon, where people get angry about other people enjoying things that they didn't? Because... I'll be honest with you, I don't like Marvel superhero films. I've got no interest in the Avengers. But I don't go around quote retweeting people who liked it to dunk on them. And some of these messages I got last night, they're so tedious. And the ironic thing is that in their attempt to create this weird counterculture echo chamber, they're all the same! All these people are the same, Damon. It's wrestler name plus body part handle. And fucking Inoki's chin or Tenzan's ankle... Kawada scrotum, whatever the fuck. And again, Lance has got the layer of the land because anyone with random X's, anyone with the words burning hammer or some sort of variation, non-Japanese people using kanji in the name, almost 100% clip. Anyone with a current All Japan wrestler <laughs> in the avatar, just the miserable asshole hit rate, close to 100%. And the, Damon, these people really hate New Japan and they really, really hate Will Ospreay. And I know. here's the thing, I guarantee you None of these idiots are watching Osprey's matches because it's the same tired criticism from like 2017. And guess what? He's improved. I used to criticize him on this very podcast, but he's got so much better. And, and I say it again, for me, he's the best in the world right now. But these clowns come along with their boring, predictable dunks, all saying the same shit. This ain't it, chief. Are you smoking crack? Uh, none of them in the replies. These are all quote tweet dunks looking for clout from their 50 followers. Now, look, if you genuinely think that Osprey isn't great and you've got someone you like better, you want to discuss that, great. I've got all the time in the world for that. I, I've got no interest personally in making an echo chamber. I'll come, come to the Discord. Let's chat about it. But if the best that you've got is a funny gif and not sure about that one, Chief, try harder. Try harder. These people have got no counter-arguments, Damon. They've got nothing. Where's your podcast? Oh, that's right. You don't have one. Because nobody wants to hear you regurgitating the same nonsense opinions as the rest of your bubble of online idiots. I just... I don't get it. This whole, you like something that I don't, I have to crucify you. It's so bizarre. You've got this mindset of what's an overwhelmingly popular take. I mean, my opinions are getting hundreds of people liking on them and these people are just lashing out because it bothers them that they live on the fringes and deep down they know you know people like Kenny Omega people like Will Ospreay are going to finish high in every poll and fucking Hideki Suzuki or whoever the fuck isn't going to so they take that out on you and we got I got people quote retweeting me with photos of like Nakajima I love Nakajima Damon I think he's great but he's done nothing this year I mean, let's look at Osprey's matches. I'm going to get cage match up now and talk about Osprey's 2019 and look at some of the matches he's had. All right, Ibushi, four and three quarter stars. Uh, the six man on uh, New Year Dash, four stars. Versus Pack, four and three quarters. We've got Jay White match, anniversary show, four and three quarters. Lance Archer, four stars. Okada, four and a quarter stars. A-Kid, Four and three quarter stars. Bandido, four and three quarter stars. Jeff Cobb, four stars. Rocky Romero, four and a half. El Fantasmo, four and three quarters. Bandido, five stars. Ren Narita, four and a quarter. Robbie Eagles, four and a quarter. Doki, four and a quarter. And then we got a five star match with Shingo Takagi last night. And these people are trying to get online and tell me that he's not a good wrestler. Are you mad? Are you mad? 
Nobody's coming close to this guy, Damon. And I watch a lot of other stuff. Every time there's a recommended match from All Japan or Big Japan yeah. or Dragon Gate, Noah, DDT, WrestleMania, whatever, I'm there. I watch all this stuff. I've seen Kento's matches this year in, in, in the Champion Carnival. He's having an amazing year. He's great. But yep. for me, personally, Osprey's better. And I get why people dislike him. And I'm telling you, it's got nothing to do with his wrestling. Uh, people tweeting me saying, oh, do you remember when he victim shamed that girl who got sexually assaulted? Yes? What the fuck has that got to do with his wrestling? Unless someone's committed a crime and has been convicted, I don't want to hear it! So we got the woke Twitter brigade trying to cancel him, and I'm not defending him for that shit. He's a dumbass. He says dumb things, and he should get called out for them. Like, when he's calling people virgins for not liking his matches or whatever. I get it. He's a big, dumb, cringeworthy idiot. The sword stuff is incredibly goofy. And he talks a lot of rubbish. He does dumb things. I'm here to talk about his wrestling, and guess what? The Japanese fans love him too. He's going to be with this company for a long time. He says he's moving to Japan. Arguably, he's making Kenny Omega obsolete. The way that he he understands the structure, the way he, he carries out, he executes this modern style of wrestling match, there's nobody as good at it as him right now. And if you can't see that, if you think he's just a shitty, flippy, high spots wrestler, then you're lost. You're lost. Uh, I, I mean, that this is... What a moment. What a moment in this show's history. <laughs> Great job by you. Listen, and here's the thing. I, 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 over, we, there are other wrestlers that absolutely are having fantastic years and absolutely are in that conversation. But I don't think you could just hand wave Will on this. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just. I don't know. I, I don't understand that thought process. Yes, there are other wrestlers and other promotions. I mean, honestly, we do a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast. I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, if there's a great match, we're in. We're, we're watching. There's no excuse not to, right? If you're a fan of pro wrestling, right? so we're we're, we're 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 watching. We we the, he, but Will's in the mix. He's and again, I think he's at the top of the list. But okay, all right. But great job by you. I agree. Um, and I'm glad you got that off your chest because that's been steaming up in you a little bit. So good. Good on you. Excellent job. Uh, I mean, listen, five, right? We're going fives. Fives. Easy five. Yep. Fives. And I'll tell you, if, if Osprey's in the G1 this year, wrestler of the year, all bets are off. Lock it down. Com if he's P, in G1. P, you, you put your feet up, Pete, because just, just cancel the wrestler of the year poll because he's got it locked down. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I don't know how how you don't. Here's Here's my worry. Are they going to put him in G1? They have to put him in G1, right? He has to be in this. Give me, give me odds. Give me, give me what you feel, what, what your gut saying. Is Will Ospreay in this fucking thing? You'd hope so. I think it would be a real misstep not to with all this hype and buzz and goodwill that he's got after this amazing match with Shingo. If he then beats Dragon Lee gets the junior title, and then is sitting on his ass over the summer, I think that would be a colossal misstep. I think so, too. I think they have they got a hot hand, and you put him in the mix in that G1. I mean, look, he'll have the opportunity to have what some might consider an all-time great year. Just the opportunities that would be afforded to him, being in both... You know, super juniors, which, you know, 
you could argue Shingo, you could argue Dragon Lee, you could, but you know, he's in that conversation of being one of the best wrestlers in that tournament over that ex- extended period of time. And then to plop him in the, again, arguably, you could say Champions Carnival, whatever, that, that's fine. Arguably, the best tournament of the year in G1, you're giving him <laughs> like a lot of opportunity to put on matches that are going to rank very well at the end of the year. I, I don't see how you don't. Here's the only thing I worry about. He's putting himself through 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 hell if he does this G one. I mean, coming off of coming off of Best of the Super Juniors, where he it didn't feel like he was a guy that was taking a lot of nights off. That's a hell of a schedule. That's a hell of a summer. Dare I say, WH Park, a cruel summer. Uh do you think physically you would want to put him through that? I think if he's comfortable doing that and he feels that he's healthy enough to do that, then that's his decision. If he wants to do it, go ahead, mate. Okay. All right. He doesn't, he doesn't seem like a guy that makes the best decisions. Right? Right? For all the praise that we're giving we Will Ospreay. Him. All right. Okay. I'm just, okay. Is that it? Okay. All right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He seems like, a, you know, he doesn't make the best decisions. But okay. Listen, I think you put him in. I think you have to put him in. I I, I think it would be a huge misstep if you if you don't. But um, all right, let's see. When they, when they, right after Dominion or during Dominion, do they announce uh, at least the participants? Is it is it at it Dominion? It will be Kizuna Road. So they uh, usually have three nights at Krakow, and I think this year it's just two. So last year it was night one, you get the twenty participants. Night two, you get the blocks, and night three, you get uh, the main events the, uh, for each show. Okay. All right. Well, right around the corner. I think I think he's in. Uh, my heart says in. All right. So again, fantastic show, outstanding show. Loved it. I don't think any, I don't I don't know anybody who's giving it a thumbs down uh, show and that that match. I don't know anybody who's look. And again, I and I don't want to pat ourselves on the back here, but we talked to a lot of different pardon upon voices in 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 pro wrestling fans from all age groups, all experience levels, from people who just started watching it probably with this Wrestle Kingdom to people who have been watching it since Choshu, Fujinami, uh, you know, Anoki, Maeda, Takata, all the way through to a person. Every text I've got, every email, every every everything, every interaction on Discord, people people are over the moon for this match so if you haven't watched it yet i don't know what the fuck you're waiting for we spoiled it for you but it's great um and i guarantee you it'll be high on your uh match of the year listings come award season just a little business note here from evan deadly since w on twitter he says best of the super juniors 26 total attendance was 27,908 average attendance was 1,861 respectively those were increases of 28 percent and 20 percent over last year so a pretty significant jump in business for this year's best of the super juniors i mean that's what that's what they were hoping for i know and again in, in talking to a lot of people that's what the promotion was a little bit worried of with all these shows between you know the Madison Square Garden show and Dominion and this and 
No, this was the one that they had circled where they were just a little bit like, uh, see how we do. Because, again, it didn't have the best track record. But look, I think, I think everybody's happy. I think everybody's happy. Again, it would have been nice to have the cherry on, type, on top and have, have super no vacancy. Absolutely. But I think that they're happy with the way that this has turned out. Um, and I think only better things will come of it. It's good stuff. So the card for Dominion was announced earlier on today. So let's have a look and we can preview that. The first match, a bit of a surprise here. We have a singles match. John Marksley versus Shota Umino. So we're starting off with a, a straight up murder death kill. Shota Umino opening He's got Dominion a lot of singles. In yeah. a singles match. Yeah. And this is something that uh, Ben Hallahan mentioned on Twitter about the number of sort of quite high-profile singles matches Shota's had this year. He's had the he had a Zack Sabre Jr. match. He had a Tanahashi match. Now he's got John Moxley in the opening of Dominion. So it speaks volumes about the upside of Shota Umino. And what are your expectations going into this match? I, I can't wait. I'm really excited for this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I hate. I don't want to see it just to be him getting brutalized, right? I don't want to see him just getting his ass whipped. But, uh, you know, I, I need to, I, I'm hoping he had, there's a little bit of fire in him that, that, that makes it a little bit competitive. But, oh, this has, this has just, just a young lion beating written all over it. And it might be, might be a little hard to watch. Uh, but here's what I would say. Uh, right after this match, right after he eats that pin, I want his bags packed in the back. I want a, I want a bus warmed up waiting outside. I want a hired car waiting for him. And off to Narita Airport we go. Let's get the excursion going. What do you think? It's time. Right? It's time. Yeah, I've said this with his previous singles matches. The Zack Sabre Jr. one, I thought, oh, that's going to be his excursion send-off. The Tanahashi New Japan Cup, I was like, that's going to be his excursion send-off. If this isn't it, then I don't know what is. I mean, I've called this a several times before but i think yeah you're right it would be the perfect point to send him off on his merry way uh where would you send him doesn't matter does it he's brilliant. it really doesn't i mean i think you know i know again people are shitting on like cuato down in 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 mexico and i'll be honest i i guarantee you half of those people haven't even seen a match um they're just regurgitating what somebody else said don't put any stock into that that it really doesn't mean anything. It, it's it's a learning thing, and it's a it, it, what they're doing down in Mexico it really doesn't necessarily translate when they return. You can you could bring them down to Mexico. It's fine. Traditionally, it seems like a nice spot. Uh, I, I'm sure he'll do the tour. You know, he'll do the tour. Um, I, 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 you you want to drop him off in Rev Pro? Fine, that's cool. I don't. I don't think. I don't think. Here's what I really think, though. If 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 I'm speaking from the heart, I don't think excursions are what they used to be, in the sense of like a guy like uh, I don't know, Maeda or Choshu or, or whoever, just doing tours of, of the states and working like AWA and working WWF shows and working. I don't think it's like that, or you know, working in England or I don't know. I just I think it's more of the, the excursions are there not so much to learn different wrestling styles. Uh, I mean, I think it's more to get comfortable working with different people, sure. But I think it's more of getting to know different people. 
right? And just getting out there and and comfortable working in front of crowds. But I don't think it's this great learning thing where it's, you know, you're getting Billy Robinson in the ring and you're learning how to fucking stretch. I don't, I don't think it's that anymore. Um, so I think a little bit is made. I think a little bit is made um, out of the excursion. A little bit too much is made out of it in modern times. I think it's a but from a from a New Japan perspective, I think it's a good place for where you can hit the pause button, hit the reset button, and bring somebody back fresh. That that's really from a from a promotion standpoint. I think that's where the benefit is. But I don't think it's again you're working with different people. True, but I don't I don't I think that learning curve is not what it used to be. Our second match, we had Shingo Takagi last night asking for some heavyweight opponents, and he's been given one here. Shingo Takagi versus Satoshi Kojima. Very, very interesting match. I Again, I'm really excited for these first two matches. What are your expectations with Shingo versus Kojima? That should be fun, shouldn't it? It, it, seems, it seems like they're cut from a similar cloth, doesn't it? You know, um, hmm. I like it a lot. Of yeah, you think? You think you think this is going to be a hard hitting affair? Yeah, uh, I think. I mean, how do you you don't you don't are you, are you putting Shingo over? Yeah, I think this is just his bounce back match from losing the final. Yeah. And dare I say it? Are we going for heavyweight Shingo in the G one? Hmm. Hmm. not many spots Joel again we could go through this again but there's not many spots left I know there's four right at right off the top of the head but is he one of them I look I would put him in I, I you know me I've I've been saying it for for years that the, the idea of juniors and 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 heavyweights we can we can we, we can really blur that line and they've done a good job of it so far I would put him in um, I would put him in. How can you not? The only reason you're not is because of a fucking made-up weight limit. That's it. It's pro wrestling. We can find a way around that. Put him the fuck in. Will and him, they both got to be in. Put them both in. For fuck's Same sake. Book. Yeah. Why not? Yes. I'm telling you. I don't get it. I know. Tra- I listen. I I know tradition. This is just do what do what you got. You've got two pieces of gold. The fuck you doing? Get him in. Get him in. Get him in. Third match we have Yoshihashi and Jushin Thunder Liger versus our favorite underused tag team of Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki. So as we mentioned before, we are building two singles programs here with Yoshihashi against Zack and. Liger against Suzuki. Liger and Suzuki, they're really stretching, aren't they? They're really they're 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 taking that piece of gum and they're just <laughs> they're going wall to wall with it. Uh let me ask you a question. You would think we would see this match somewhere before dome season, right? But I know people are all kind of getting hot and bothered with the idea of Liger Suzuki at the dome. What a great 
last match uh, and the history behind and all that stuff. Do you think they stretch it out or do you think we see it before Dome? I think they should. I think they could keep it interesting and I think it would just be a very fitting send-off. It could be the perfect kind of match. If you put Liger against a junior opponent, then there's certain expectations that come with that. And I just think if we're talking about a piece of drama and Liger's final match, you can't get much more dramatic than that. I think Suzuki is the perfect opponent for that. And I think they could have an outstanding match. That could be the co-main event for the first night of one of those dome shows easily. Yeah, like a semi-main, not necessarily second. It could be like a third from the from the top. One of those nights, yeah, I think that would be really fun. I mean, that would be that would be dramatic and and get people riled up more than like what would get you more riled up? Hiromo against Liger. I think you're wasting Hiromo. I got to be honest with you. I do. I think yeah. Can Liger work a Hiromu match? Is the question. I don't want him to work. You know what I mean? Like I would want him to work a like like two legends. They have a history. There is that that that, that MMA. You know, little nugget of of history. Got this feud going. Two guys people love, right? Two guys people really, really dig. In a, in a big spotlight, they could do it. They could stretch it out. Let's put it this way: they're not going to see each other in G one. You got all G one that you got to get through, right? So now we're at what August, close to September, right? And then what do you got? You just got a handful of months. You got, what do you got? Two shows? You got to skip by? Throw them in a tag match again or something? You could do it. We could stretch this out. Come on. Do it in the big boy building. Come on. Let's do it. Dome. All right. We're, we got this booked out. Nice. I like it. Fourth match. We got six-man tag. Yusuke Taguchi, Juice Robinson, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Taiji Ishimori, Chase Owens, and Jay White. Is this going to be Chase Owens getting the pin on Tanahashi to leverage himself into the G1? <laughs> no. No, it won't. Um, I don't think Chase is in. I hate to say it. I don't think Chase is in. Do you think Chase is in? Nah. Yeah, do I? Not if you're bringing in Will and and Shingo. Again, hopefully they do. Um, Will, Shingo, Moxley, Taichi. Hook it to my veins. Okay, I'm down. No, no, Jeff Cobb. Nah. Okay. Not that yeah. I don't want him in there, but I would just prefer those four people. Right. If I have to pick four, I think those those are a solid four. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, not much else to say about that match. The fifth match then is the never open weight championship match with the champion Taichi in his first defense against Tomohiro Ishii. Now these guys had. An absolute banger in the New Japan Cup. I loved it. It was one of my favorite matches of the year because Ishii really cut through the Taichi bullshit and stirred up something deep within Taichi, that fighting spirit, that Kawada-style combat. And I hope we see more of the same here. And of course, Taichi is up against it because Miho Abe, his glamorous, uh, wonderful valet, is, uh, I think she's broken her ankle, so we won't be seeing her. So Taichi has got to fight and keep the belt. Do it for Miho. And I'm really excited yeah. for this match. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be really good. Let's, let's put it this way. It's got the potential, based off of past history, to be very good, if not great. It has that potential. And everybody, and even Taichi haters, and even people that fucking hand wave him, will admit that, okay, 
that's 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 a good match. That's a match I want to see, right? Like if I have to see him, let's 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 have more of that, right? Uh, I think it has the potential to be very good. I'm going to ask you a question, Joel. You're going to be in Dominion, oh, beautiful Osaka. I plan on going there, by the way. This uh, at least one night. I'm going to spend one night in Osaka. Let me ask you this, you coward. You coward, Joel Abraham, hiding behind a microphone all the way in China. Do you have the balls and the guts for cartwheel deathmatch? Six? Six. Six? Do you have the balls? So what are the stakes? Because I already owe you a car yeah. that I've yet to deliver on. Right, right. We're really not good at doing these things, right? Paying off the bets. Um, I just need time to practice. Look, I, I said to you earlier. Yeah, how long finished, I fucking Last need? day of school today. Yeah. Now I've got two months free. Two months. But who's going to teach work, you how to do it? Practice my cartwheels. You're not going to do it. Because who's going to teach will. you? You had a fucking school full of kids. Who were gonna I don't want to do it in front of the kids. I'll be humiliated. Listen. Oh, look at Mr. Abraham falling on his ass like an idiot trying to do cartwheels. So imagine some one of the kids having to go to the principal. Oh, Mr. Abraham has broken his neck. Why? Mm. What happened? He was trying to do a cartwheel. Why was he doing that? Because he lost a cartwheel death match to Damon on the Super J cast. Right. Why did he do that? Because he thought Taichi was going to have a four-star match. I get fired. And, then, and now you get a bonus. You'd be like, bring him in my office. <laughs> this man needs a raise. Uh, all right, well, I, I mean, look. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. What do you want? Ooh. If I if I lose, if Tai Chi doesn't and Ishii the, do not deliver a, a four, at star least match, a four, at least a four. Want? I want your head shaved. My head shaved. Yes, I want a hair match. I want a Super J cast, cartwheel death match, hair on the line, as we like to say. Bald-headed geek. Bald-headed geek. Come on, everybody. Bald-headed geek. Bald-headed channel on. Bald-headed geek. Oh, my gosh. Balls. I want balls. (laughs) Don't isolate that audio, Dan. (laughs) Please. Wow. He's really panicking now. I, I want to see you. I want to see your head. But here's the thing: you have, you have, you got the best shot. This is not like it's Tai Chi fucking. Uh, I mean, pick Tiger Mask. This is not like it's Tai Chi versus. Uh, give me a fucking guy. Uh, Marty Skrull. You got a good shot. This is not Tai Chi versus. Uh, Machave. You got to. You, you, this is your best shot. Now I will. I will warn you. You you didn't get it with Naito. You didn't get it with Naito. And you that haven't gotten it event. since. I'm 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 five and zero. Oh. Fucking five and zero. Oh. I'd rather just. Try and practice the cartwheel and do that. <laughs> I was quite looking forward to that. That was going to be a fun summer for me. Wasn't well, you still owe me that? 
But you can you you can trade that in, as the kids like to say, double or nothing. You can trade that in. Don't have to worry about falling on your ass and breaking your head open and embarrassing yourself in front of friends and family. Summer, it's summer's over there, right? Getting getting warm over there, isn't it? Right, Joel? Getting warm. Starting to get a little warm, right? Shorts are coming out, right? How are the girls over there? I bet they look great. Nice shorts. Oh, yeah. Man, I, I tell you, the gym where I go to. Good. Whew. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Um, <laughs> bunch of pervs over here. <laughs> uh, uh, we're talking about we're talking about the, the men, Damon. No, my bad. <laughs> right, right. Of course you are. Um, oh no, we're not allowed to do that either. Someone it, that, that review where someone saying complained that we were objectifying the male wrestlers. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> of all the criticisms we received, that's my really? favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? We absolutely do. We we objectify everybody. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Guilty. There's a trash can outside my fucking in my yard. I'm I'm looking at it right now in a sexual manner. <laughs> like <laughs> undressing it with your eyes. Yeah, my trash can outside. Yes. Uh there's the, yeah. There's a tree outside. I'm like, oh got the fucking nice bark on that tree. Fuck yeah. Look at the leaves. Woof. Nice. Um uh, how do people how do people date in this day and age? Can I ask that? Like how? Like, like if you're, you're, I don't, I don't understand things. I don't understand. Okay. Anyway, it's all um, Tinder and stuff, isn't it? Swiping. Yeah, but that, but social but media. It, yeah, but like if I go on Reddit, like if I go on like like Tinder, like where they do screenshots and of people, like it's literally all, hey, let's fuck. Okay, let's meet. You know that isn't that what all that is? Like it's that's all it is. And and, and all you're doing is you're looking at a picture, right? You got one picture or a handful of pictures, maybe. I don't know. I'm not on it. Um, that you look at and you're like, all right, I fucked that person. Am, am I am I wrong? Is it is it is it is there something more deep than that, Joel? I think you need to talk to someone else here. It wasn't Lanza. He was a big Tinder Tinder was Mahal. It? Yeah, back in the day. Tinder Mahal. Tinder Mahal. <laughs> that's that. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't get that. Like, because that's what it is, right? I mean, because here's the thing: I don't have a problem with it being what it is, but let's acknowledge what the fuck it is, right? It's that's what Tinder is, right? I mean, you're not going, you're not getting into deep philosophical fucking conversations with a person that you're meeting on Tinder. That's not the point of it, right? Or Grinder or any of those apps, right? Right? Trust me, I've heard Grinder stories, man. Uh, I got a, a friend uh, who is on the Grinder, uh, and he tells me stories of just wow, like I'm just like what? You, what? Look, <laughs> I was just like, what are we talking I mean, about like, again? I'm talking about Grinder. Are you familiar with Grinder? Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, this podcast is totally derailed. <laughs> <laughs> really, we started good. Listen, all these new listeners that we've we've gotten, I that know, we've we made try so hard. We, we really we, have like, none of the nonsense at the beginning. We right. started talking about wrestling. We just we couldn't help it. Can't help it. I'm sorry. We're talking about fucking trash cans and oh, but this is but yeah. He was telling me like stories, like just like like. Listen, I consider myself. I a little, little, little you know, I, I, I like uh, perviness is fun, right? I like it, like a little fun, right? Uh, he's Joel. He's telling me stories. 
I can't, I can't, I can't even comfortably share them with you on this show. Like, all right, I'm going to tell you this. He sent me a picture. Like, come- <laughs> I can't comfortably share them on this show. Literally two seconds later, you're going to share one. I'm going to share one. So we're at Christmas time. We go down to our friend Gabby's house and her parents, and that's where we celebrate Christmas. And he comes every year. And he's the funniest fucking dude. He's a, I, 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 we hit it off. He's a really good, good guy, fun. We drink, have a great time. He's there every year, exchange gifts. I, but I see him once a year, maybe twice a year. Um, and he comes and hangs out with us. And he shows me this fucking picture. So do you know how like those uh, people with, I guess, walking disabilities – it's like a walker, but it's used f- to help stabilize themselves on toilets. So it's like a walker, right? But it has a, like a toilet seat so that it can easily get on and off the toilet, right? So, but it's just a seat. It's not li- like a bowl. It's just like the seat that you would open and close, right? The purpose of it is there's a guy underneath the seat. And some, uh, so one guy sits on top of the seat. Another guy sits, I guess you could use this for, you know, male, female, whatever. Uh, but they sit on the seat and he's using this, this apparatus to, to stick his tongue up there. He's showing me these pictures. And I'm like, what? It's Christmas time. I can't be saying this. I feel terrible. Like, I, like he's not showing me in act, but he's showing me the apparatus. And there's a picture of him underneath the picture. Like, like with his face looking up through the toilet seat. <laughs> I, can't believe, I swear to God, I'll show it to you. I'll, I'll see if I can find it. I'll send you the picture. Do not share this picture though. But I'll I'll, I'll see if I can share this picture with you. Um, I but the, like there's like an hour conversation of these type of things where he'll get on this app and just hook up with people, and it's literally come in the house, quick oral sex out the door. They don't even, they don't even say hi and bye to each other. He's telling me all these stories. I'm just like, you live, uh, what a life. What a fucking life. Could you imagine that? Imagine have that being that way. Just being like, uh, you know, yeah, okay, I like you. Come over. I'm at the, I'm, this is my place. They come in. They just go in the bathroom. Have you got the toilet seat? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, got my, yep, I got the toilet seat. All right, bring it out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just like, that's living the dream. I can't think of anything better. Surely the novelty would wear off eventually. Not with this dude. I mean, <laughs> right? I look forward to every Christmas because I need to know what the new apparatus is. Like, what's the new thing? I got this thing. It's a basketball net, but we wrap it around each other's ball. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like. What, what are they thinking of? Like, they spend all day thinking of these fucking things. Like, it's creative, but it's like, wow, where do you guys are? All right. I mean, just just great stuff like that. Oh, we are wasting th- our time with wrestling podcasts, aren't we? We, really we should are. be doing something else. I'll tell you what. I, you got to meet this guy. If you're ever in this area, you got to meet this guy. Because, again, fucking hilarious Get him on stories. the show. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, the stories are unbelievable. And you just like, again, you're like, you feel like, oh, my God, it's Christmas. You know? Like, you see him on his phone, and I'm like, you're, you're trying to hook up, are you? Like Christmas, Like, Christmas Eve night. Christmas Eve night. Like, it's like 10 o'clock Christmas Eve. And he's on his fucking phone trying to hook up with dudes. And I'm like, can you, is your cock that 
fucking active that you can't just eat a fucking ham and not think of fucking? <laughs> Dad, isolate that clip. You know Put what I mean? at the start of the show. <laughs> like, there's a delicious spiral ham here. Send it to Harold May and Michael Craven. Right. Right, this is so, this. lads. If if Chris Charlton is not professional enough for you, mm. check this out. Check this out, boys. <laughs> but this is true. Every Christmas, that's why I, I, that's why I'll never miss a Christmas down there. No, I will never miss a Christmas. Just 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 because I know I have new stories that are right around the corner that I need to hear, and just and, and he's laughing. We're laughing. It's, it's hilarious. Um, but but he's like I said. I mean, just. Like I like the fact that he's he knows it he even knows the absurdity of it. You know what I mean? Like he knows that it yeah, of course it's fucking crazy. But it, this is what I do. Um I love it. I love it. I love it. Um all right. So there you go. I I think I think we ended on that note. <laughs> what a bonus. It's an absolute seamless segue there. Yeah, right. I mean, what a bonus for people who suck around, right? I mean, they get that. Ah. I can't wait to hear the replies back on that segment. Oh, good job. All right. Very good, everyone. Uh, Joel, I have to go to work. So uh, let's let's wrap up this dog and pony show, shall we? Okay. Uh, sixth match then. Uh, have you got time? Can we just talk about yeah, the next yeah, four yeah. matches? Yeah, okay. we've got main events. Yeah. Sixth, sixth match, we have the IWGP Tag Team Championship match with uh, Tangela Tamatonga versus Sanada and Eve. <laughs> Funniest thing I fucking heard today. That's better than the toilet story. Oh, yeah. Who gives a fuck, right? Uh, exactly. I hate Next. this match. Me too. I, I mean, fuck I'm, this match. Evil and Sonata are going to win the titles because GOD have to lose the ROH titles back and they don't want the IWGP champions losing to whoever the fuck they're losing those belts to. So uh, I will be having uh, a 15 minute long wee during this match. <laughs> wow. That's quite a bladder you have there. I'll be looking I'm going to be drinking a lot of strong zeros, my friend. If yeah, they've got the lychee have. flavored ones, all bets are off. Fuck yes. Yeah, I'll be uh, on the internet searching for uh, handicapped toilet seats. <laughs> All right, uh, next match, please. We have IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match. Dragon Lee versus Will Ospreay. That's just going to be some flippy bullshit nonsense. No interest in that. Oh, no? <laughs> no? Oh, you, you're, uh, I can't wait for you to change your avatar to... Uh... Daisuke uh, Sekimoto's really nipple. Right, right, right. That'd be great. Big toe. Um, now, of course, that would be great. If they get right? enough time, this is going to... It will be brilliant. Yeah, it'd be great. I think it'd be... I don't know. No concern there. Um, I mean, injuries aside, hope everybody's in good physical health. Uh, coming off of uh, Best of Super, Super Juniors, but yeah, that should be great. All right. And then what else you got? We have Intercontinental Championship match, Kota Ibushi versus Tetsuya Naito. I imagine they're going to drop each other on their head a lot, and it's going to be amazing. Uh, for the MSG match, I was a whisker away from five stars because there was a, a slight botch in the middle of the match where they kind of fell over a bit. But this I've got high hopes for because every time they get in the ring together, it is mwah, chef's kiss fingers thing. Yeah, right. I agree. Title change? I don't know, because I was going to say, I think there's a, an argument to be made that the loser of this match wins the G1. Mm-hmm. 
again, if we're if if we're in agreement that uh, Naito's winning this this uh, tournament, do you put the belt on him? I do like the Naito two belt story. I think that would be mm-hmm. really cool. Uh, but I also think Ibushi would be a great choice to have the Intercontinental title and defend that as the main event for the first night of the Tokyo Dome. Do I you like I- Ibushi versus Tanahashi or something? I think that would be great. So I don't know if... It's a bit of a dilemma here because I want to have the belt on Ibushi when it comes to January 4th. But I also... Can you have Naito keep losing these matches against yeah. Ibushi without getting hurt? They've got themselves into a bit of a sticky situation here. Yeah, I think... Uh, I mean, they'll come out of it, but I uh, like to me, I think you need to keep those belts separate. I don't think... Well, let's put it this way. At the end of the day, Naito doesn't walk into the Dome as Intercontinental Champion. I truly believe that. But how do you have him take a fall in the time between G1 and the Dome... Uh, again, if if that's what we're looking at, if if, if what we're looking at is Naito finally winning that title again, um, I don't think he wins the title here. I think he loses again. But hang on, Naito fans, they uh, I think bigger we got bigger fish to fry, and that's a G one win, and that's a that's a main event at the Tokyo Dome. Let me just rewind slightly. Dragon Lee Osprey match. Do you think we will see Hiromu? Oh, uh, no. No. no, me neither. I'm right, tired. I, I, yeah, I don't want <laughs> I, I don't want to say yes because I've been saying yes for for six months now, and I'm tired of it. Yeah, uh, ninth match, IWGP Heavyweight Championship match, because he's got Okada versus Chris Jericho. After seeing the main event of Double or Nothing, I have no worries about this match whatsoever. I think it's going to be great to see Okada doing a Jericho sort of lucha brawl style match and I think this is going to be fresh it's going to be good they're going to think up some really creative spots and I kind of want Jericho to win just to see the absolute meltdown on Twitter oh my lord you imagine this yeah I don't think I don't think we'd be able to handle that I don't think Jericho wins Um, I think the main reason he's brought in is because he is a guy who can take this loss a big name a big star, a match that hadn't happened yet, he, he can afford to take that loss. He's not going to hurt his AEW position in any oh, way, shape, or form. Damon, wouldn't it be amazing if we get John Moxley and Chris Jericho taking two of the major singles titles <laughs> back to All Elite, and you can build up a little New Japan versus All Elite feud going, and then Wrestle Kingdom could be New Japan versus All Elite. Can you imagine that? I can imagine people's heads exploding. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, look, I don't think. I don't think. I, th- I again. Th- the reason why I think Jericho is here is is again for all the reasons I just explained. Um, now that is to say, it would not shock me. It would shock me actually if Jericho won this title. It would shock me. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. But Joel, you do have a streak going here with. Uh, IWGP title changes. You do have a streak that you need to maintain. So Joel is in the house at Dominion. That kind of skews the odds a little bit in in the, in the favor of a title change. What, what am I? Three in a row now. Yeah, yeah. So just saying, just saying, people. If if you got money on this, just keep that in mind. 
but no, I I I think uh, I think Okada wins. I Do you think there'll be lots of plunder and tables and chairs and stuff? Yes, yes. And here's the thing too: Jericho has always delivered. He has yet to not deliver. So I can't. I'm not going against him. This will, I think this will be a great match as well. Um, How many snowflakes are you expecting? I'll set the bar at four. Um, I'm I'm at. I'm expecting at least a four. I'm expecting at least a four, and I, th- I think we'll fit somewhere in the low fours. You know, somewhere in that range, four, four and a quarter, four and a half. I don't think we go above four and a half. I'd be, I'd be over. I'd be thrilled if we did. I, I don't know if we will, but hey, Chris is he's delivered every fucking time out, and he's in there with arguably, you know, consistently best wrestler in a big spot. Okada, I'll put my money on over four, absolutely. I think the question is, is that we still haven't established this. Are you shaving your fucking head? Fuck it. You're on. Let's do it. Holy shit. Yeah? Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. So, four is the bar. Four is the bar. Over four. No head shaved. You're off the, you're off the books for everything. Under four. Shaving your head. I will do it. You have my word. Wow. Wow. Woo. What a show. I told see This is told an everybody. amazing show, David. This is, might f- be the best podcast we've ever done. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right. Excellent. So there you go. There's Dominion. Uh, Joel, again, will be in attendance. Live live feedback as it happens. So I, I guess what? Follow, if you're not following us on the Twitter, you, you better be. I don't see why you wouldn't be. Um that's going to be the spot for you because uh, you'll get all the live hot takes from Joel Abraham live at Dominion in Osaka. All right. I will take it home then. Please join our Discord server. You can find the link to that in the show notes where you can chat to me, you can chat to Damon and all the other awesome, interesting people who have, for some reason, congregated onto a Discord server for our stupid podcast. Uh, please visit our Pro Wrestling Tea store, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash superjcast, and we can help get Damon to Dallas with that money. We sold one t-shirt. How much money did I send you? Five dollars. It was like five and change, yeah. like five dollars and 16 cents. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Um, Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Massive thank you to Editor Dan. Please visit his YouTube channel, 219 Films, and Twitter. Some exciting stuff happening with him at Escape the Box UK. Yes. I think they're very, very close to getting something out there and i can't wait to hear it because from the little samples he's been sending us it is good shit as vince mcmahon would say please subscribe to the voices of wrestling podcast network give us a five snake review on itunes uh, follow us on twitter at cjcast thank you everybody for listening and goodbye Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.